Hi, it's Richard from the Story Walk Podcast. The Story Walk Podcast is composed of real stories that I make up while I am out hiking, snowshoeing, skiing, and backpacking with my children. You may notice background noise during the podcast due to the real nature of recording these stories in the outdoors. The Story Walk Podcast is supported by 10adventures.com. Go on 10 adventures to find great family adventures in over 60 countries on Earth. Imagine a family-friendly safari in the Serengeti, exploring Inca ruins in Peru, a cycling holiday on car-free roads in Germany, and many, many more great ideas. To find all the great family adventure ideas and to make memories that will last a lifetime, check out 10adventures.com family. Now, on to today's story. This is the first episode of Monsieur Le Gâteau and the Treasure Chest. Monsieur Le Gâteau, as you may recall, was my neighbor when I lived in central London. And if you forget what he looked like, he was a very distinctive looking man. First of all, he was almost always wearing purple. Sometimes a purple suit, sometimes just a purple shirt or purple trousers, and on several occasions, a purple neck scarf. I could see a man dressed in purple across the street and know it was Monsieur Le Gâteau. When you got close, you noticed his eyes were very close together with big spectacles he would be looking at you through. He also had curly hair and very hairy ears. So hairy that when I first met him, I did not know he even had ears. I only saw hair. But the most interesting thing about Monsieur Le Gâteau was that he was always covered in croissant crumbs. In fact, when he sneezed, you would see croissant crumbs coming out every nook and cranny of his hair, his ears, his chin, his clothes. And I always thought pigeons could follow Monsieur Le Gâteau just by eating all the crumbs that fell off of him while he walked. Although when I first met Monsieur Le Gâteau, I was a bit alarmed. As I got to know him, we became friends. I would go to his apartment after dinner and listen to the most incredible stories. One thing that always interested me in his apartment was a mystical treasure chest. His apartment was full of treasures, a golden sun god, incredible artwork, enormous jewels. But what interested me most was a treasure chest that he kept in the corner of the room. The treasure chest was not an enormous treasure chest like you'd normally find. It was actually a fairly small treasure chest, but it had the most mysterious locks. Yes, I said locks. All over the treasure chest were little, strange looking locks. A key would not open up this treasure chest. That is for sure. What would open the treasure chest was a topic of discussion for nobody really knew. But what interested me was not how to open the treasure chest, but what we would find inside the treasure chest, for it was very interesting. Early on in getting to know Monsieur Le Gâteau, I asked him, how did you get this treasure chest? 
Monsieur Le Gâteau wrinkled his nose and started to laugh. Oh, it's a very funny story. <laughs> oh, I got this long ago when I was young and I had a sailboat and I was exploring the seas. I looked at Monsieur Le Gâteau. I still couldn't imagine that he had ever been an explorer. Even more, that he had been a sailor as well. And I told him, Monsieur Le Gâteau, I didn't realize you used to be a sailor. Oh, yes, said Monsieur Le Gâteau. In fact, for a time, the only way to do great exploration was if you had your own boat. I would use my boat to travel all over the world, searching for treasure. I sat and looked. I was amazed. And you found this treasure on one of your trips, Monsieur Le Gâteau? Actually, I found this on my very last trip in my sailboat. Shall I tell you the story? I nodded quickly. Oh yes, Monsieur Le Gâteau. I'd love to hear the story of this treasure. Excellent then. I got this treasure on my last trip in my sailboat. I love to live in my sailboat, sailing from island to island, sleeping in the ocean with the waves gently rocking me to sleep. This was a very different voyage. I started off of Bermuda, an island in the Atlantic Ocean, and off I went into what I thought was going to be a great adventure. After being at sea for one day, I noticed the clouds started getting bigger and darker, which was surprising because when I left, it was not forecast to have any bad weather. In fact, I had set off because the weather was going to be perfect. All day long as I sailed, the clouds got worse. The waves got higher. And wouldn't you know it, the wind started to howl. In the night, the waves got so big that I had to go inside the cabin and lock the door. For I was worried that water would get in and sink my little sailboat. I cannot lie. While I was in the cabin, the sailboat twisted and shifted and I got knocked about and eventually I passed out. I think I must have hit my head, but I do not know exactly what happened. When I awoke, it was sunny and I was on a deserted island. Unfortunately, my boat beside me was lying as well. Lying on its side with huge holes in it. It was destroyed. At this point, Monsieur Le Gâteau paused his story and said, I cannot tell any of my story until I get a little bit to eat and a little bit to drink. Are you hungry and thirsty? I looked at Monsieur Le Gâteau. I wasn't hungry and thirsty, but I knew he would not tell his story until he got something to eat. I also know that Monsieur Le Gâteau wouldn't have a little something to eat. He would have an enormous something to eat. I smiled and said, yes, please, that would be nice. Excellent, said Monsieur Le Gâteau and scurried off to the kitchen. He came back a few minutes later with two cups of sugar, a tiny thimbleful of coffee and the two biggest croissants you'd ever seen. The croissants were bigger than small children and I had never seen one that big. 
I had no idea how I was going to be able to eat something so enormous. But before I could think about it, Monsieur Gadlugato opened his mouth and in four bites seemed to eat the entire croissant. While he was eating it, croissant crumbs were flying out everywhere like a machine gun. And I am sad to admit I got covered in croissant crumbs. He then took out the small thimble of coffee and poured three drops onto his mug of sugar. And he shot that back in one big gulp. Ah, so refreshing, he said. I looked at him. How could anyone eat the most enormous croissant and a glass of sugar and call that refreshing? I had had four bites of my croissant and I couldn't even stomach the coffee. I was slowly trying to drink it. Luckily, Monsieur Gateau let me have a bit more coffee with my sugar so it wasn't dry, but it was still far too sweet. Monsieur Gateau looked at me and smiled and said, shall I go on? I looked at him and nodded and said, yes, please do. Ah, uh, where was I? Said Monsieur Gateau. Yes, yes. I was on the island and I just found out there was nobody else on the island. There were no boats in the sea and there was no islands in the distance. I went down to my boat that night and I felt very, very sad. How was I going to be able to survive on this desolate island all by myself? As the sun set, I made a commitment. I was going to save myself. I was not going to give up. And when I woke up the next morning, I knew I would save myself and get off this island. Sure enough, when I woke up, I started to get to work. The first thing I did was I built myself a little shelter. While it was warm and hot now, I knew that eventually every island got terrible storms and I did not want to be caught out in a terrible storm. To make my little house, I took some small trees and some enormous leaves that grew on these trees and built a little house that was a bit like a tent, like you would know if you go camping in the mountains. It only took me two days to build this wonderful little house to live in and it protected me very well the next week when it started to rain. After building my little house, I started to get to work on fixing my boat. It was not going to be easy. And the biggest issue I had was that there was no rope. I was able to find lots of trees that I could turn into planks and fill in the holes in the boat. But I'd need some rope so I could rehang the sails. This meant that every day as I went out looking for wood, I would also keep my eyes open for rope or vines I could use. I was having no luck and my boat was almost completely repaired. How terrible, I thought, if I should fix my boat but have no rope to hang my sail and be stuck on this island forever. But luckily that day, as I was searching for rope, I found a very interesting rock face I had never noticed before. It was covered in long vines, which is why I first noticed it. I thought these vines could make a wonderful rope. I started to cut and gather up the vines and take them back to my boat. Near the end of the day, as I cut a vine, I noticed 
there was actually a cave behind these vines. I was just at the bottom of the cave and could put my hand on the floor, but I realized I could climb up on the rock face and look inside. It was getting late, so I didn't go in the cave that night. Instead, I rushed back to my boat. The next day I awoke and I had completely forgotten about the cave. I got to work weaving these vines into rope for my sails. I spent the entire next day weaving the vines into rope and rehanging my sails. I was very excited because I realized I would finally escape the island. And in fact, if I'd been done earlier, I would have left without exploring that cave. But instead, I finished too late and decided I would leave the next day. When I woke the next day, I thought I should go and have a look in this cave. I quickly hiked and actually partially ran over to the cave. I climbed up and peered inside. I was immediately terrified. When I looked inside, I saw two corpses, what looked to be dead pirates. There was an old pirate flag on the wall of the cave. And in between the two pirates was the treasure chest you see in my apartment now. As Monsieur Legato said that, he looked over at his treasure chest and a faint smile went across his lips. I looked over at this incredible treasure chest and wondered what would happen next. Monsieur Legato continued his story. I looked at this incredible little treasure chest. Of course, I tried to open it and see what was inside. But no matter what I tried, I could not understand these locks. And so after several hours decided I had to bring the treasure chest with me. I picked it up and it was much heavier than I expected, but this excited me. It was heavy because it must have been full, but I didn't know full of what. I got back to my sailboat and put the treasure chest inside the cabin. The day was a perfect day to try and leave this island. There wasn't a cloud in the sky, nor was there any wind. It looked like it would be great sailing. And so I set off. Within a few hours, the weather changed dramatically. Instead of a clear sunny day, clouds rolled in, the waves got up, and an enormous storm happened. I was starting to get very, very worried for I had already gone through one of these terrible storms. What possibly could happen? Much like the last storm, the sea was very angry and soon I had to take down the sails and go inside my cabin where I got tossed around. This time I felt the sailboat completely go on its side, but luckily it came back up again. Unfortunately, when it went on its side, the treasure chest hit me and knocked me out. I awoke, I don't know how many days later, in sight of Bermuda. I couldn't believe it, I was so happy I was back. My sailboat was still floating and we made it into Bermuda. That night I went out for dinner and I noticed a couple very mean looking fellows asked about me. I'd been telling one of my friends about my unique journey and this strange island I'd been on. And soon these men were asking me lots of questions. They kept me at that restaurant very late. And when I got back, someone had obviously been searching my sailboat. Luckily, I'd been smart and I had hidden 
the treasure chest, for it fit perfectly in a secret compartment I had in the sailboat. I wondered how these men could have worked so fast to know about this treasure. As I was sleeping that night, I heard noise. Sure enough, some more men were creeping over my sailboat. Luckily, I had something to surprise them, for I'd electrified the wires that went around my sailboat. And when I flipped a switch, an electrical jolt would go around my sailboat. Anyone who was touching one of the wires or holding one of the handrails would get a tremendous jolt of electricity. I flipped the switch and heard the loudest yow I had ever heard. Then I heard three splashes in the water. I realized these men wanted something. They must have wanted my treasure chest. Luckily, my boat was not too badly damaged. So I immediately left port and sailed out to sea. I told no one where I was going and only sailed at night. Each day I'd find a little cove to hide my boat in where no one could see me. Unfortunately, the next island I got to, the same thing happened. I had only been in port for an hour and was getting supplies when I heard a crash and ran back to my boat and noticed it had been ransacked again. I now knew that this treasure must be tremendously valuable. I got in my boat and started to sail north. I had to get to the mainland where I could hide. I sailed for 17 days, doing my best to sail only at night and finding places to hide during the day. One day before getting to the mainland, I got my spare dinghy, which was an inflatable boat, and I inflated it. It was just barely strong enough to contain the treasure, myself, and a few of my most valuable possessions. I knew that these bad guys must be looking out for this boat, and so I sunk my boat. I rode into port at night so no one would even knew I arrived, and when I got into port, I knew there was only one thing to do. I had chosen the port where a good friend of mine, Cornelius Magnuson, lived. I went to his house and stole his car. Well, I didn't really steal it. I borrowed his car. I filled the car up with all my possessions and my little dinghy and drove off into the mountains. I spent three years living in the mountains in a cabin, trying to unlock this incredible treasure chest, but I've never been able to. Luckily, spending three years in a remote cabin in the woods meant that the bad guys had given up searching for me. Even better, my boat had been recovered. It had washed ashore and everyone thought I had passed away. And that was 50 years ago. Since that time, I have traveled the world and always brought this treasure chest with me. It has been good luck, but I have never been able to open it. And to this day, the only thing I know is that in my boat, I must have gotten caught in the mysterious Bermuda Triangle. And it had taken me to a mystical uninhabited island where pirates had stashed this treasure chest. I hope one day to be able to figure out what is inside this treasure chest. But for now, I look at it and just try and guess, but I cannot crack its code. Monsieur Le Gâteau, I said, this is the most incredible story. 
Who else have you told? I have told only you. I'm an old man, and I need someone to take care of this treasure chest if I were to die. I trust you a lot, and so if anything happens to me, take this treasure chest and try and figure out how to open it. I couldn't believe it. Monsieur Le Gâteau, my neighbor, was trusting me with this incredible treasure chest. What a huge responsibility it would be. I looked at the treasure chest. I had no idea how to open it up. The locks were like ones I had never seen before. I thanked Monsieur Le Gâteau. He stood up and said, are you sure you don't want another croissant or a little bit more coffee? I have a whole bag of sugar here. I said, no, thank you. I'm very full. The truth is I'd only eaten a small part of my first croissant. I said, Monsieur Le Gâteau, you have the most interesting tales and I'm going to help you figure out how to open this incredibly mysterious treasure chest. That would be wonderful. But for now, I've got to go have dinner. I'm so hungry and I have a whole plate of croissants I'm just dying to eat. I laughed at Monsieur Le Gâteau and said goodbye and went down to my apartment. And truthfully, I couldn't sleep at all that night. I was so excited about the thought of what could be inside this incredible treasure chest. The end. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and give us a rating. This podcast and all the ideas and characters are copyrighted by myself, Richard. Bye-bye.